Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your host for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. To the Eagle Eye podcast. Today we got a jam-packed episode as we're going to be previewing the game upcoming for Las Aguilas de la América against Mazatlán. We're also going to be talking Lady Aguilas and everything in regards to that aspect and so much more in between. So, as always, let me introduce my co-host, Brooklyn's very own AJ and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Gentlemen, how are we? Doing wonderful. Thank you very much for asking, Ivan. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. Uh, almost, almost Friday, hopefully. Well, tomorrow's game day, so it feels kind of like almost Friday. Hey. So, uh, Dylan, how's things life in uh, in Texas? It's all good over here, man. All good. I'm getting a little cool front, so it's going to start to cool down for us. That's good. That's good. I know that you guys were uh, reaching triple digits, and that's what we're going to be reaching in the next couple of days, too. So, uh, what a way to kick off your Labor Day weekend there. But people didn't come for the forecast here. They came for all things La Sagrada de la America, and we'll be talking about that right away. Let me uh, just kind of reiterate our uh, Brooklyn's very uh, Brooklyn's very New York's favorite resident Christian Rosendo is unfortunately not joining us right now. He's going to hop on over. He's having some technical difficulties. So whenever he does fix that, he's going to come over. He's having a bit of trouble calling IT. I don't know, Dylan. You've ever had that issue? No, they like me. <laughs> they they do. They very much do like you. They pick up your phone call right away. We're always on hold for two, three minutes for some reason. I don't know why. But all right, let's move on forward with today's episode. Gentlemen, let's start off with the America San Luis game. It was a game in which we were kind of coming in a bit hesitant, AJ. We didn't know what America we were going to get. And we didn't really expect the best of America because we knew the kind of a rut that they were in. And five minutes in, we already saw the worst situation happen. San Luis got an early goal. And as we know, it's very, very important to get that early goal. So it was very kind of hesitant whether or not America was going to be able to pull this around. Fortunately for us, they did. Tell me, how compare how you were walking into this game to how you're walking out of it after those 90 minutes after America gets that 2-1 win. Um, I think I honestly just felt the same. Like Before the game, I was just slightly worried just because of the form we were currently in as we were going into this Atletico um, San Luis game. But then at, um, into the game, like the first five minutes, as soon as San Luis did score, I'm just kind of like, I really do not like that. I just really am not liking how things are going on currently. So it's just like, it's really tough. But after, but then during um, later on into the first half, it seemed like things were um, doing um, just fine. That America were having to get themselves back into the um, game with the with the um, penalty goal from Emmanuel Aguilera and then the amazing header from Henry Martin in the second half. Yeah, no, we just saw it right now in in, in the live uh, highlights that we're watching right now. I mean. Uh, a lot just kind of happened in this game, and I think uh, the, the real narrative of this matchup is the way that America kind of just fights and comes back into this game. I'm not saying they had a perfect game, by no means necessary. I think they had a lot of things that a lot of us kind of desired that they would actually work on coming up into this next game against Mazatlan. But I think having the back five actually fortified the defense a little bit more than anything. I mean, it wasn't perfect because Ochoa had to have the game that he had in order for us to walk away with all three points. But they, I mean, at the end of the day, I think, you know, you can at least have some solidarity knowing that all right, with the back five and with Ochoa in the form that he's in, then you at least know that you're going to be able to at least hold off the opposition for, uh, you know, 
somewhat period of the match. And, you know, I'm curious to hear what you have to say in regards to that back five, AJ. Um, I really love the back five, actually. Um, we we were getting moments where Atletico were getting shots off on us, but luckily Ochoa was doing amazing saves throughout the entire game to keep America into this game. But then also we did see amazing performances from Jorge Sanchez, Emmanuel Aguilera, Alonso Escobosa, Ramon Juarez, and Sebastian Casas. They were all doing their very best to prevent crosses and um, allowing Atletico San Luis players from trying to cut into the box. But, um, pl- um, players just like Emmanuel Aguilera, Casas, and Ramon Juarez were doing very well in the center as they were just being able to just clear balls out or to get their um, foot onto the ball to prevent um, uh, a shot from happening. So it's just really, I was just really comfortable with the way that um, things were going. Yeah, we weren't scoring like as many goals. We weren't being like as offensive by just like really seeing that how America was playing really defensively in this match. And they just, as soon as they were able to get onto the counterattack going, considering that a lot of the Atletico San Luis players were pushing a lot of players up front, we were able to expose Atletico San Luis from time to time and trying to get some shots off. Now, I do want to kind of take a step back to what you were saying and kind of that defensive, uh, you know, glory that you were kind of giving some of these players. I, you know what? I, yes, credit to to the players. I think they had a much better game than the game against Monterrey. Um, for example, Aguilera, I think Aguilera did have a step up in regards to what, you know, we were expecting for him to play. Obviously, he gets the goal. And I, th- I think the fact that he's playing with two other center backs kind of limits how much space he has to cover, which I think ultimately helps him out a lot because, he, you know, him with another center back, I think he, there's a lot of space that America kind of leaves for him to kind of mark zonally that I don't think he feels too comfortable. We've seen him sometimes, you know, make critical mistakes. So I think now there's a little, a little bit more, less room for error in all this situation. But like you said, I think another player that, uh, and I know you mentioned him, but Juarez, I mean, Ramon Juarez had an exceptional match for me. You know, I obviously the kid, you know, still a, a little bit raw coming into this, you know, starting 11, but I think from, you know, for his second game as a starter for America or featuring in America in, in, in the, um, in the major team, I think he actually stepped it up. He did a great, great job. And you saw him make a couple of good challenges, made some good last minute, uh, you know, tackles that actually, you know, pay dividends to kind of keep the scoreline the way that it was. So, I mean, good, good stuff on the defense. But you know what, AJ, I'm with you. The five at the back looked interesting and paid, you know, gave us three points. But I, I, I don't know. There's the way that this five... Back, uh, the the formation that Piojo used in the middle for me was a little bit hesitant. I, I felt like we were leaving too many spaces open, and I felt like we were giving too much responsibility on our fullbacks to kind of cover spaces and situations where they weren't going to get into that. And I don't know if you kind of agree with me, but do you think that sometimes we left a bit of holes in the middle that I just felt that America just couldn't exploit? I think I can agree with that part because, like, you know how there's different kinds of of center backs where it's like. They're more defensive, they're offense, or they're more offensive, defensive, or they're just a bit of everything. I feel like Caceres, Ramon Juarez, and um, uh, Emmanuel Aguilera are the kinds of defenders that are like more offensive. They kind of like want to get themselves involved into the like America attack or play to whatever's happening. They will tend to go out of their zone from time to time to maybe um help a team help um one of their teammates out with the pass. But I feel like they were king slightly a bit aggressive despite us playing a five in the back, which you know in those kind of formations you're playing you're playing defensively. It seemed like I guess like maybe 
with the side in the back formation and Piojo um, using it during his time when he first um, arrived in America, I feel like maybe he had ideas and expected what he wants for his own defenders to do. But then, like, as we were seeing that after they were getting shots from time to time, even with the five back, it was still really worrisome. I'm like, is this formation not going to work now? Or luckily at the very end, we did um, match the ball off the win, but just looked really scary at some points. Um, when we were seeing like our central defenders really just like not wanting to defend from time to time, it's either we rely on a draw with the saves or we just happen to get a really lucky um, a rebound from one of the defenders, which it wasn't happening very much. But, like for that one time, for the one or two times that happened in the match, we get like a lucky rebound off of um, one of our defenders. Yeah, I mean, interesting kind of way that you put it, but Dylan, talk to me. Five at the back. Did you like the formation? Did you see it? Do you think this is something that America can thrive in? And I think Chicken Little puts it perfectly in the comment section, saying how 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 well this game kind of sums it up. America could have ended up winning this game four to one, but ultimately they could have also ended up tying this game. It was kind of one of those matches in where really it was it could have gone either way. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it could have gone either way. I mean, obviously, you go back and you look at this game, um, even after you watched it the first time, you know, uh, by no means was this necessarily a perfect game, but you did see a lot of good things and some bright spots in the in the game that uh, you want to see this team to can continue to thrive on. Now, I guess when you look at it, the players that we have and the way this formation worked, yeah, I mean, I could see it being used going forward because obviously this this four four two or a four two three one, however you want to look at it before uh, before um you before this game against San Luis and Miguel Eda switching it up. Um, I mean you see a jail and maybe it could be something that Piojo goes back and you know uh knows what he knows best and you know use that five three two in the future, which I, I kinda think he will. No, yeah, definitely. I think this is definitely information we're gonna see definitely going forward and you know, speculation that, you know, this team is going to repeat against tomorrow against Mazatlan, which I think it should. You know, you found a bit of consistency in in kind of the play that you wanted. It, it paid dividends. I, like, you know, Chicken Little mentioned, we had opportunities. We just didn't put the ball in the back of the net. You know, I mean, what we hit the post, what, twice, I, 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 I want to say? Yeah, thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you had some really good opportunities, some one-on-ones that you kind of should have put in the back of the net. You just didn't. Ultimately, you know, I think this formation going forward could pay dividends, especially with the players that we have. I think we don't really have that wing play. We do have some very good, talented midfield players that I think if we run through the channels and and kind of have them orchestrate everything going forward, then I think America will be fine in all that aspect. And of course, you know, at the back, I think we'd be very, very much secure knowing that we have at least three center backs and and a top quality goalkeeper ready to kind of step up whenever needed. So ultimately at the end of the day, America gets all three points. And I think huge three points because again, again, America was struggling in these past two games and especially uh, away from home. We kind of saw that America, you know, especially these kind of travels, it wasn't really that long of a travel. I think uh, from Mexico city over to San Luis Potosí, I think it's about an hour or so, um, probably a little bit longer because they were in the bus. So, you know, I think it was smart of them to get there a day early. Because I know we talked about this, AJ, you know, fatigue ends up playing a big factor. But we'll definitely talk about that kind of fatigue for the ladies as well. We saw a little bit of it against Cholos, but kind of focusing right now on the men's side of things. We didn't see so much of a fatigue factor, kind of more of, a, you know, our players, you know, willing to get this result. Because I think America definitely had the chances to go and win this game by a big margin. 
unfortunately they didn't just put the chances away but i didn't really see fatigue play a factor in this game aj um no not really maybe i guess just Concerned that in the form that we were in before coming into the Atletico San Luis game and then traveling our way, it seemed like it was one of those like things where it's like, I guess everyone's like morale was like slightly down because knowing like it's America, uh, for us to concede seven goals in two games is just like that's really not us. And then I feel like as of like every player who's a part of this team must feel like they could definitely do a better job. And I felt like as they were going to this game, like opening five minutes, we conceded a goal. I feel like that. Must have hit them even, even more to their morale. Just feeling like we just conceded in the opening five minutes against a San Luisa that's struggling. It's like, what are we doing? Especially like with the formation we're playing, like five in the back. It's just like we're playing a formation like this, and we're still like allowing a goal to be conceded like really early on to the match. Just like that's not good. But just luckily at the very end, we were just able to like boost our morale back up with the goals from Enema Aguilera and Henry Martin. Travel traveling could just be tough at times because there's just players who are constantly playing every game. They get themselves tired, or just maybe other players who are just on the bench that feel they can maybe make a difference. They maybe just don't feel like I don't want to assume. I guess it's like they don't like really feel like a hundred percent going into them. like despite like there being no kind of energy. Just feel like mm, if it if it makes sense like the way that I'm putting it. Uh, yeah, I, I think you do. At least I, I understood exactly what you were trying to say out there. But, you know, I, we, at the end of the day, we knew that America needed to get all three points in this one. I, I don't think a draw would have been even acceptable, you know, especially with the rate that we were going. So three good points. Dylan, is Miguel out of the hot seat or do you think uh, time will tell whether or not he's uh, he's out of it? I think time, time, more time will tell at this rate. Um, but you know, I, I feel like you know, with the successes that he had with this uh, formation, him changing it up a little bit, I feel like he can climb his way um, out of it and get that seat cool. Um, you know, just kind of uh, talking about the game a little more, I feel like you saw more of the successes in the second half, in my opinion, where the game should have been buried more. Um, you know, you look at the first half, you only have two shots on on target. Whenever you look at the second half, you have five. Um, so I feel like that's a big factor right there uh, to show uh, the difference of two halves, I think, uh, is what I would say. Um, but no, I think I think you saw some positive things out of this match. And, you know, you just kind of hope this team builds off it. Yeah, no, and I think it's been kind of a narrative for America this whole season is that, you know, America ends up, you know, it's always a tale of two different halves for America. You know, one's usually better than the other or, you know, in some cases, both end up being just as bad. But for the most part, I think America only has about a good spell of 45 minutes. And I think we need to see a little bit more of that coming into this Mazatlan game, especially what we're talking eight games into the season now. You should have more consistency up front and in the midfield, you know, so. We want to see a little bit more from America going forward and definitely putting those chances away, you know, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see whether or not they're capable of doing it against Mazatlan. But as far as this San Luis game goes, America gets all three points and they head back to the Azteca a little bit more comfortable. Of course, America now in fourth place after all results have gone through. And I think, you know, only sitting about a point or two away from first place. So it's not like we're in just this drastic situation that America needs to climb this huge mountain. It's just you got to find consistency. You got to get points, all three of them, because like we mentioned, these next couple of games, they're all more than more than winnable. So I think America needs to keep, continue to keep racking up these points. And hopefully two, three weeks down the line, we're having a whole different conversation in regards to America season. So that does it for America San Luis. Three good points. Gentlemen, uh, anything else to say before we wrap, wrap it up? 
I guess I got one thing to say, actually. Like, the thing about, like, um, as you mentioned, Ivan, that is spilled out of the hot seat. As I'm um, done, also did mention, like, time will tell. Because I remember seeing something earlier in Thule, and it's like, we got a win. We're still up there. Like, we're sitting nice in the table. We're obviously want to push for first, but it's just like, a win is not going to satisfy um, the American Nises yet. Like, it's against a team that has been strong. So it's kind of like, yeah, this is a win. Well, I felt like we were all feeling shaky going into this match. We did get a win. Does like completely make us happy? I'm like, no, we want to continue this form. We need to bounce back from those two losses that we had previously before entering into this match. So, as you mentioned, we have um, Mazatlan, that we got Puebla next, and then Toluca. And then right after, we got three Clásicos right up ahead. So, it's like, those are like where the real tests come in to see. It's like whether American, where America fans can be truly happy with Bioho. Yeah, no. And then like like you mentioned, it's kind of unfortunate that we're sitting here we're talking about, you know, three crucial points for America against San Luis. I mean, no disrespect to them, but really three crucial points against San Luis, that's something that none of us would have expected to be talking about at the beginning of the season. But you know, look at where we're at now at the moment. It's, you know, kind of the situation that America is in. But I think you put it perfectly, AJ. America fans won't really necessarily be content until after those three classicals are done. And what are those results? You know, after that, we'll have a better understanding of whether or not Piojo is still in the hot seat or if he's cooled it off a little bit more. But we'll leave that as that. We'll talk a little bit more about that Mazatlan game later on in the show. Right now, we're going to talk all things Lady Aguilas because we're going to be recapping that game against Cholos de Tijuana that happened yesterday over at the Frontera. And then, of course, we're going to be previewing the upcoming match against Necaxa that is going to happen on Thursday. So, AJ. America Feminine ended up going all the way to TJ and walking away with all three points. We knew that it was not going to be an easy game, but it was definitely a winnable game, especially seeing how Cholos were coming into this one struggling. America knew that they had to come in and actually just play a good game. It wasn't ha- it didn't have to be a perfect game, but America needed to play a good game. It was shaky, though. I'm not going to say America came out, you know, the best team on the pitch. There's very, very good opportunities for Cholos to kind of take the lead in the first half. They didn't do so. And America definitely pounced on on it in the second half. Talk to me a little bit more about this game, your initial reaction, your thoughts. I know you were covering this game for us over on Twitter. What was your perspective? What did you see in this game? How did the ladies play and kind of your kind of match analysis on how well the ladies did or what they need to improve on? This match was honestly going into it. Like I was confident, like mentioned in the last um, podcast, I was like four zero. I feel like considering how Tijuana were really struggling, we have some of like two of like, or at least some of their best ex players on, on our America side. And I feel like we should be going into this comfortably with no problems, but then entering into the first half, it's like, things are not really looking good for America. Like it seemed like we were just struggling to, make a play or to just even try to get a shot on tar. We would try court. We would try um to center the ball in. It w- nothing was really coming out of it. We tried corner kicks. Nothing much was really out of coming. We just usually had a Sholo uh, Semini defender just heading it out or clearing it. Or I think there was at one point where our corner just essentially came up really short and just went out. We did have some shots in the first half where we saw Daniela Espinosa, but like her two shots were way off targets. It's kind of just like, is she struggling to just be up there by herself? But then in the second half, things did happen to change. We had in the span of just three minutes, Daniela Espinosa um, scored the very first goal, which was a very nice um, transition. Martin Campa passing the ball to Montserrat Hernandez. 
She sends the ball into the box that Daniela Espinosa. She heads in to make it 1-0. Three minutes later, we get a penalty call in which Daniela Espinosa slots it in to make it 2-0. But then towards the very um, end of the match, we were seeing Cholos that they were really hungry for a goal. We had They had their um, captain, Rene Coyar, just passing by America Femini defenders like left and right and trying to get shots on target. But luckily, J.D. Gutierrez was coming up with really huge saves to keep us into this match. Yeah, in the 93rd minute, we did happen to concede a goal, but by then, it wasn't really enough time for Cholos I mean, to even do anything. But overall, like I'm happy that we did um, come out with the three points and the victory, but it's just kind of like, I really feel like this team could be doing better, especially against a side that just really hasn't been able to get things going, and they just scored their first goal of the um, uh, league this season, and it was against America. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm walking away from this match happy. I think content is the better word that I would use because I think, like you mentioned, this is a game in which America Femenil, again, it seems to be kind of the same situation that we reiterate these past couple of games for the ladies is that these are the perfect opportunities for you to go out there and completely thrash the opposition. I mean, you're talking about a scoreline of 4-0 in your prediction, but you end up walking away with only one goal difference. I mean, you're looking at teams like Chivas, you're looking at teams like Monterrey, Tigres. I mean, these teams are having a blast out on the pitch and just completely scoring for fun, you know? And at the end of the day, the ladies are going to have a difficult time scaling up into those top three positions if they don't have a goal margin to back it up. And I think they, I think it's a bit reckless not to come come out of you know go into a game and not be like okay you know outscore the opposition when clearly you have the chances like we mentioned. I'm gonna get the family didn't have the best first half and fortunately for them, Tijuana uh, didn't have uh, very good finishing abilities in that first half. Second half rolls around, America Families finds himself an early goal, uh, and then of course they get the penalty call, and then I, I just. I, I think they got complaints and they said, okay, we have a two goal cushion margin. We're going to defend as well as we can. And then if we can get them on the counterattack, we're going to get them on a counterattack. And I saw that they had a couple opportunities here and there. They didn't really put the ball in the back of the net. And then you're walking away, you know, sure. I mean, explain to me this, AJ, how much, how much additional time was added? Cause I believe I heard two minutes. I think it was five because I know we made a substitution during like the extra time parts. It's just like with the five, um, we had like five extra minutes like into the uh, entering like into the 90th minute, which I feel like that might have like thrown some players off because when I was watching the match, it just continued like the game going, but they weren't really like clarifying how much extra time it was left. So I feel like they thought like in the first half, like when 45 minutes hit, the referee just blew the whistle and just like that's that. That's the first half. And the second, I felt like. You know, we scored, we were winning 2 0. It's like, that's going to be fine. And then as soon as um, Scholes just happened to score the um, the late goal in the 93rd minute, it's kind of just like, don't not tell me we're going to actually just slip this game away from our hands. But we did happen to just do well at the very end. But just like you kind of mentioned, like, it's really only content because I feel like maybe this is me. The formation, I honestly feel like it's just not working out very well for America Femenil. Yeah, we're getting our wins, but it's just like, this isn't really the exciting um, America Feminista that I love seeing to play, especially with the players that we do have on this team. It's like we, like you mentioned, like Monterrey, like Tigres, like Chias, we should just be scoring for fun out there, just just thrashing our opponents every single game. It just seems like I don't know what's going on. Maybe we're having, I think feel like it could be players that are playing certain positions where it's just not working out for them. Riding Gampa in um, midfield, I don't understand why. Why are we going with the 4-3-3 when it's clearly not working? 
Ana Gutierrez on the right wing side, it's like I'm not seeing her really cross the ball as much as you would expect for a winger or try to cut in. It seems like she would just try to do a short pass. And I'm kind of like, that's not really one I'm kind of like looking for. So it's just, I don't know. And then with this only forward and Daniela Espinosa up front, she was trying to just get shots in, which I feel it's the reason why you play something like a 4 4 2, where you would have four players in midfield and up front you can have Campa and then Espinosa. You can usually have Daniela Espinosa to just, um, jump in the air for headers and head them in. And if you just need um shots, you could just give it to Marlene Gampa and she could just easily slot them into the back of the net. It's just like, I'm not understanding to what Cuellar's like experiment is all about or what he's trying to do with these players because some substitutions he's making, it doesn't make like much sense to me. It's like, what are you trying to do with this, especially late, especially late game? I mean, it's an interesting factor. And Dylan, I don't know, what's your take on this? The 4-3-3, it's paying dividends. It's giving us three points at the end of the day. Or do you think that we should go and fall back into this 4-4-2 formation that AJ's kind of bringing up? Well, I mean, like you said, Ivan, I just kind of, I feel a little bit divided. I mean, it, it's getting the job done at the end of the day, like you said, with for three points. But, you know, I feel like maybe if you try to switch it up a little bit, then you're going to get those those three, four goals a game that you want, you know, going out and thrash your opponent a little bit, like y'all keep mentioning. But, you know, I'm kind of just sitting here on the fence a little bit because I feel like there's arguments on both sides. Um, I I just, I just, I, I see AJ's points to where, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's working very well because you're having some players out of position and you can see that they're not playing to their full potential. But then again, you know, I, like you said, you know, we're going out, we're scoring goals and we're still getting those three points. But, you know, I also see AJ's points where, you know, in a sense, you know, if this four four two is something that could potentially work and putting players in positions for where they can play their full potential and, you know, also the opportunity we always give them week in and week out, you know, to go out and have fun on the pitch, you know, go score three or four goals. And I don't see why we can't do that either. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very interesting thing here because I think like AJ mentioned, you know, there's arguments to go into this four four two and having some of these players playing more of a natural position, but you know, I, I do want to argue that I, I, I do like this four three three. I'm a big fan of it. And I know, AJ, hearing that, you're kind of thinking, what, why? And let me tell you exactly why. And I know some players are playing out of position, and I know it might be a bit uncomfortable for them right now. But I think as the season progresses and as things transcend on the pitch, I think that I think they'll be able to evolve and adapt into those formations. Because I don't think Guayat is trying to completely reinvent the wheel with America here. I don't think he's asking a center forward to start learning how to play right back i think he's just kind of saying look i need you to adapt a little bit more of a tactical side i don't need you to be much more of a wing play i need you to be more central vice versa right so i i understand where that's coming from and that sometimes some players can adapt better than others and maybe if you put them in their positions they're going to thrive the way that they have but i will make this argument aj is the fact that in these three games america feminine yes while they haven't been the most dominant team have created more than enough chances to walk away with a very good scoreline margin. Again, we're talking about chances that they're not putting away or talking about striker, a striker, because she can play a striker, right? Nani? Mm -hmm. Not not finding the back of the net because she's just not on point. I will say this. Some of her shots, I just feel like she wasn't adapted to the turf right away, which I mean, you know, we said that was going to be a huge factor. Some of these mm -hmm. ladies definitely looked like it took them a while to get uh, used to the, to the uh, turf and everything like that. But you know, I, I just see this formation working for the ladies because, I, you know, you're, you're making chances and all the and, and you're knocking at the door consistently. Sure, sometimes it might not be the most clear of chances. And sometimes, you know, 
it may take you a longer periods of time for you to get to get to get those chances excuse me but i don't know i like it i think it's it's more fluid i think there's a little bit more of a transition going through it i don't see this america side being so defensive i i feel like the ball is moving a little bit more forward everyone's getting a touch of the ball everyone's interlocking in 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 runs and passes i i just i like it a little bit better than the 442 it gives america family a little bit more of a dynamic going forward and i just I, I think it can thrive. I, I think this formation can thrive in the long run. Again, it's just these players have to learn to adapt. I know it's it's very difficult, especially for a player that we said was going to be a, a contender for the Golden Boot this season. You know, to see Kampa kind of being played in the midfield, it's just, I don't know. You know, it, it, she's going to have to learn to adapt, and hopefully she gets her chance up top later down the road. But I think right now, she's kind of stick to what Cuellar is doing. I will say this though, like you mentioned, some of those substitutions he's making, I, I do put a little bit of question marks on that. But you know, just like with Piojo, I think it's one of those things that we just kind of know what our manager is eventually going to end up doing. But I don't know. I, I think this is going to be quite a debate. We're going to keep continuing to have AJ throughout the season. Yeah, no, it's just maybe it could just be me. Like you know how if you're a fan like of a real of a big club, it's like you have these high expectations. Maybe that's just me with the America Feminine. It's like. I want to see this team just like winning every single game, scoring goals, like completely just thrashing their opponents, like just having a fun time out there. I understand that it's good to have players playing in different positions. Like I'm going to bring an example, like in the, for the national women's soccer league for my team, sky blue, there's a player, um, Margaret purse. She usually, um, plays, um, as a forward, but she's recently playing as a right back and she's struggling to actually play in that. She's playing as a right back because for the coach for the United States women's national team, she wants her to play as a right back because they already have too many forwards up front. So he's like, I want to see you play as a right back. She didn't even mention the interview. I don't care how many times I'm going to struggle. I'm going to get better into this position. So I can maybe it's maybe that's what some maybe Cuellar is probably trying to do with some of these players like or Marlene Campa. Like she's a four. We all know she could thrive really well in that position. But it's just those things. It's like trying the midfield. It could be nice because it, like I even see on the America Feminine roster, we have like some players like playing as like listed as a forward, like Renata Huerta, Jere Gonzalez, Diana Cáceres, and I'm just like that's interesting because I usually see them playing as a midfielder, but it's like. Maybe they have been working this out during practice, during um training, and they're maybe figuring out when is the perfect time for them to actually just um uh, start utilizing these players in these different positions to try and make a change. I don't know. It's just like see what happens along the way. Like if this four three really happens to do work out, and players that are just playing in these different positions can actually excel into this position, then it'll be good for us in the future. Because in case we do happen to bring in other players from the future from other teams or what the players that we currently have want to try in different positions, the other player could be like, yeah, I can play in this position, fine by me. Let them play like on the position that I usually play, like whether it's like playing as a forward, a winger, midfielder, defensive midfielder, attacking midfielder, fullback, center back, whatever. Like, I'm done with this. Maybe it's just one of those things just like, I just really want to just see this team just have a blast out there and just scoring goals for fun. And I think they can get to that point, but it just, like I mentioned, you know, these players have to get to that adapting process, but, um, and, you know, that pretty much just wraps up kind of the Cholos game. It was a good game. I think the, the ladies end up walking away with some, a very good three points, very much needed three points to continue scaling that table. And, uh, you know, 
questions now align ahead in regards to that Nekaxa game. Our, um, AJ, talk to me more about this game. America's coming into this match uh, with three three victories in a row. We've known that, uh, you know, defensively, we've been making some mistakes. But how do you think America Family, you know, puts it all together to walk away with not just all three points, but a clean sheet? Because I think a clean sheet is going to be very vital if America can walk away with that. Um, I just feel like simply just the defenders just usually playing their usual game, just having to defend. They can go up front occasionally and just wanting to help out the midfield and the forwards up front. But just like overall, just keep paying, just pay attention to where that ball is going to be going, where the Nekaxa players are going to be going at, because we've only played twice against them. In 2019, we beat them at the Estadio Azteca with 3-0. And then last season, and on on January 24, 2020, we only came up with a 1-1 draw away at um, Aguascalientes. So it's one of those things like there's not really much I can really talk about or like seeing because we've only played this team twice. But um, uh, we haven't scored four goals against them. We've only conceded once. So I feel like in this case, coming into this game, America have the upper hand against Nekaxa can say that Nekaxa had just been struggling all season long. They have they have yet to get a win at all. They're zero and three so far into the season compared to America's three in zero. So I just feel like if we can just do well def- if we could just do well defensively, not try to concede a goal like the last time against Nekaxa, then I just feel like this could just be another easy three points for us to just get. Yeah. No, and, and I, I do want to stray away from that. Uh Dylan, when we do say easy three points, like we mentioned, right? Cholo's coming in, in in quite a rut, and then all of all of a sudden, you know, you're struggling to walk away with all three points at Tijuana, San Luis, which again was an opposition that you thought should have easily walked away, but again ended up struggling. So it, it's exactly how Jen Munoz put it when she was on the podcast: is she knows that these teams, and I think the America Femenina at this point should be aware that you know these struggling teams are going to come at it with everything they got because they're going up against America. So. I don't know. How do you feel about this game coming into Thursday's match against Nekaxa? No, I feel pretty confident. I wouldn't say overconfident, though. Um, you know, um, like you said, Jen mentioned that some of these teams are going to be, you know, pushing uh, you to your limits, you know, to who wants it more in a sense. But I feel like, you know, this is going to be a game, you know, where um, the ladies are going to have to, you know, fight this one out, you know, whether it be another 2-1 win or 1-0 win. But I think these ladies can come out on top, no doubt about it. Um, obviously, some things to polish up, which I feel like they're going to do that because we know this team can work and we know how this team can gel together. And so I feel like, you know, like you said, not going to necessarily be easy, but I feel like, you know, it's going to be a, a, a good, clean win for this team. A good clean win is exactly what we need at this point because not even the game against Cruz Azul that we ended up winning 2-0 was very clean. It got very kind of, you know, a little rough towards the uh, towards the end of the end of the second half there. But, um, you know, let's see what happens against Nekaxa. Squad update report here because we know Jen Munoz and uh, Gabi Lozada were not featured at all in the Cholos matchup. They didn't even travel with the team. Um, you know, there was rumors saying that there was precaution from the team, might be an injury, something happened. But Coyar came out and said that, no, there was nothing wrong with either of those two players, that there was only a rotational factor and that they would be available for this matchup against Nekaxa. Knowing that now, AJ, what is your starting 11 for Thursday's game? So I complain a lot about the 4-3-3, but if ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm actually going for the 4-3-3. So, who I got um, at goalie, I'm going to have J.D. Gutierrez. 
I honestly, I think at this finally, rate, this is the first time. This is the first <laughs> know, time you put her in the starting eleven. There's no hate against her. Don't, I I love her. I love her a lot. Great goalie, but it's just one of those things. It's like I feel like Guayar. I'm I'm surprised he has yet to actually put another goalkeeper in for like a match with it. like no Renata Masiarelli, no Natalia Acuna. So I'm just I think at this rate he's like. Jay's going to be the number one. I'm just going to stick with it. So I got J.D. Gutierrez as um, our starting goalkeeper. Left back, we have Jimena Rios as usual. Our left center back, we have Justin Rorahel. On the right center back, we're going to have um, Celine Valera. Our right back, we're going to have Monica Rodriguez. In the midfield, I'm going to have on the left um, midfield side, I'm going to have Marlene Campa. In the center defensive um, midfield side, center mid spot, I'm going to have Veronica Perez. On the right um, midfield side, I'm going to actually have Jennifer Munoz. Up front, um, I have Montserrat Hernandez on the left wing. On up front, I'm gonna have Daniela Espinosa, and on the right wing, I'm gonna have um Janae Gonzalez. Janae. Okay, that's uh, that's that's different. I didn't expect her name to be on on your starting eleven. Uh, hopefully, she is though. She hopefully she is. Um, would love to see her get uh more minutes throughout the season, which I think she will, you know, her time is going to come. And I think when that time does get there, she's going to definitely have to take it and, and prove that she is more than capable of starting, uh, you know, all these matches for America family. But interesting lineup, Dylan, that uh, AJ just gave us after hearing all of that, after hearing all of kind of our reports, what is your scoreline prediction for Thursday's match against Nakaksa? Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go, go ahead and go with the solid 2-0 win. Solid 2-0 win. All right. Okay. As long as it's a good, solid, clean 2-0 win, I'll take it. Uh, AJ, what is your prediction for Thursday? I got three. I got 3-0. Three I'm going to have, um, to be honest, I, I want to see a hat trick from Daniela Espinosa. She did score a brace against um, uh, Joel Semenin, which I actually have like a, um, a little um, fun fact about that. She scored two goals against um, uh, Charles Femenid. This puts her at 48 goals with the entire club. She's only one behind the all-time leading goal scorer in America Femenid history and Lucero Cuevas with 49 goals. So meaning she scores a goal at um, uh, at any point in the game, at any time in the future, she essentially will tie Lucero Cuevas. She scores another goal. She's the all-time leading goal scorer in the history for America Femenid. So for her to just also um, get a hat trick into this game, if it can happen against the Cucks FMA, I'll be really happy for her. Plus, she's got four goals this season so far in just three games. So for her, she's really chasing for that golden boots. I just want to see her just go do her usual thing out there and just score goals. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's exciting. Exciting to see that she could potentially break that record and uh, put her name in the history books as uh, the all-time leading goal scorer for America. I think that's huge. That's huge for any player, really. So... Hopefully, uh, hopefully it happens. Hopefully, she gets all that hat trick that you just mentioned. Be phenomenal. But uh, I'm going with a uh, uh, just like uh, Dylan. I'm going with a two 0 win. Uh, hopefully, I would love for a three four 0 win. But uh, you know, seeing how things are going right now for the ladies, I just I don't know. I'm a little bit hesitant to to put that prediction out there. But we'll we'll have to wait and see on Thursday. But that match is going to be on uh, that match is going to be at two p.m. Pacific time. 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. You guys may or may not catch this game on Tuesday. AJ, do you know if it is or not? Um, yes, it is actually on Tuesday. I just looked at um uh, at the TV schedule. It's actually going to be on Tuesday, so you can just catch the game. You don't have to go around searching for all those links on the internet or YouTube, Facebook. Ah, yeah, tell me about you it. on that. 
Awesome. <laughs> Tudene is the place to be at. You don't have to search the dark web like I had to to try to find that Cholos game. Don't even ask me what happened to my computer at work. I, I, I just I don't even know what I'm gonna tell HR doing. But at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, you guys can catch that game live. And if for whatever reason you're not able to, we're gonna keep you guys up to date with everything over on Twitter. So make sure you guys follow us at Eagle Eye Podcast, and we'll have you guys covered with all things America Feminine. Hopefully, the ladies end up winning and getting all three points again. Nakaksa. All right, gentlemen, let's move on into the last segment of tonight. This is America versus Mazatlan. Tomorrow is the matchup. But I do want to say something real quickly before we start talking that preview and kind of an update on what's been going around the club, what's been going around in Coapa. So big news broke out tonight. I know Christian's not here, so I got to take over that segment. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm scrambling here. But uh, the biggest news coming out of Coapa this, this week, actually today, was when the, when the news broke, was uh, the fact that uh, Alfredo Tena, obviously, big legend, huge, I, I would argue the best Captain America has ever had in their history. Alfredo Tena um, is no longer going to be involved with uh, the Forces Basicas, a.k.a. uh, the youth development over in America. So he has left his position. Rumors uh, as to what he has planned next are still just that. Rumors, nothing has been confirmed. Some people have said that he's going to venture out and try something different. Some people have said that he has an opportunity to do more major things with America. We don't know any specifics in regards to that. We only know that Afelotena is leaving the club uh, in regards to the youth department. Dylan, I, how do you take this news? I mean, he, he, you know, he was so detrimental to bringing up players, not bringing up because that's the manager's job, but kind of in the, in the development phases of, of, you know, getting the Linuses, the Edson Alvarez, you know, the Sebastian Cordobas through the club and then throughout the whole, you know, youth process of bringing them up into the first team no i mean it, it's a pretty big blow to this club um you know but you know, not everything you know good can always last so i mean um i just think you know you just try to move forward i mean i, I it's kind of hard to replace it a little replace them a little bit um but you know you just got to do your best and and um hopefully it all works on the end yeah definitely rumors uh circulating that la volpe might be in uh, in America's eyes for that, <laughs> which I mean, he credit to him. He he has a good eye for youth, right? I mean, got to give him credit for the whole Andres Guardado situation. But uh, and obviously too, he debuted Edson and Linus. So I mean, like I mentioned, he has an eye for this stuff. But uh, again, rumors at this point, nothing concrete. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, AJ, kind of your take on Alfredo Tena leaving the institution, um, and you know now we're kind of in this limbo stage of. What's going to happen? Because America is supposed to come out and announce a new kind of system for the youth academy. So, I mean, well, we'll wait to see what those details are, but just kind of give me your take on all of this. Um, I think Dylan kind of mentioned perfectly, like, all, all good things must come to an end. Not to just say, like, it's going to be, like, you know, not a really good thing for Forza Basicas, because you know, for America, because they're going to definitely find someone to um, take that um, job already. But it's just um nice to see that everything that um, Alfredo Tena has like done in developing Dom the youth players, then the managers also picking up those players and putting them up to the first team. Just all just all in all, he was not only a really great player for America, but also like a really important figure in their entire history for what he's done after retirement. So it's just really nice to see. I'm wishing him the best of luck in Aerith and everything that he's gonna do in the future, where they've asked him to do with America. Or who knows, maybe just 
maybe take a break from all this and just maybe just in, um, go on and just enjoy his life. Also, did get to meet him at Coapa, which was like really nice the first time. Just uh, honestly, for the um, I was just walking around one time, just wondering who is this guy, and then this as a felt down, I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> no, that is man, I'm, I'm, I'm sin, young, man. I'm young, I'm telling you. So like when my dad told me like, yeah, it's Capitan, it's Cap- uh, Capitan Furia, like he's one of the best players in America. I'm like, oh shoot, I just got to take a picture with this guy. That's pretty cool. That dude's also hella fit. So I'm like, hey, who knows? We Maybe the secret thing America's gonna sign is America's gonna sign him up as a player. To play oh, as man, a defender, we would, we would, yeah. I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll take him, I'll take him over Aguilera any day. I'll tell you that much right now. At whatever age, you see the way that man stays fit. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, best of luck to Tena in his new adventures. Um, again, will always be highly regarded by the fan bases, and I think, uh, you know, we, we still owe him a debt of gratitude, not just for what he did as a player, but I think for what he did in the institution following his time. Uh, you know, with America. So, you know, best of luck to Tena. And then again, we'll keep you guys up to date with any news or information in regards to all of that. So we'll have to wait and see. But oh. um, alrighty then. Uh, yeah, AJ. Actually, and there is like news. So we, I think we do have on um, the new person coming to Fuerza Vasquez. Um, it's um, uh, Raul Herrera. He's come from uh, Villarreal where he was the um, director um, over there Villarreal for like 17 years. So he's actually just made his way, uh, according to um, a news article, he's just now made his way in becoming um, the new person over there at Fuerza Basicas. So there you go. Look at that. We got a name. All righty then. So there you go. Thank you, AJ, for that breaking news. Perfect segue into, uh, well, perfect end to this. Uh, uh, oh, man, I don't even find the word, but you guys know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. It's perfect end to this segment before we go on to the next one. Um, alrighty then. Let's uh yeah, like Jake Little said, scoring in that final against Chivas. Huge, huge things. I mean, we can sit here and talk about all the great things Tena did, but we don't have enough time for that. It'd be a great podcast though, just to, to come back and relive those epic 80s. Um, but again, not enough time for that. All right, let's move on into our last segment of this episode. America versus Mazatlan. This game is gonna kick off tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 Central, 9 Eastern. You guys can catch that game again on the end. Uh, gentlemen, how are we feeling walking into this one? AJ, talk to me. You know, we just came off a 2-1 uh, victory against uh, Atlético San Luis. You know, we knew that they weren't the most toughest op- opposition, yet they still gave us a good matchup. Now we're going at home, you know, for the second time in the Azteca this season, where we saw America struggle against Monterrey. How do you think, how are you coming into this match? How do you think a lot of people are coming into this game against Mazatlan tomorrow? Um, I'm looking at to think like I make a should really be able to get this victory against Mazatlan. Like they ha- they've been struggling throughout this entire season. Yeah, they do um have scored some goals. They tie um games up against some um, fierce opponents like Pumas and um Tigres. But that's to, just to say it's like overall they're just I think struggling overall as a team so far this season. I know America. We just we're coming off a win, but it's like we kind of America fans still kind of have some doubts about like how what we're gonna really do this season so i feel like going to this i feel like america fans might be coming into this game a little bit more confidently that that just might that might just be me but i feel like maybe for america fans as a whole i feel like we should be able to get a good result out of this against um uh, Mazatlan. yeah this is a game in which you think that you know america should easily win this game now I, the big word here is should because like we mentioned throughout this whole season especially when you're coming up against these kind of lower tier teams, you, they're always going to step it up. And, you know, there's kind of this picture circling around Twitter right now where, you know, Mazatlan, 
you know, where you know they put the Real Madrid starting eleven with that purple jersey. <laughs> that all of a sudden they're going to turn into Real Madrid. But I would not be surprised if they did because we know how these teams like to go up against uh, America. Now let's not kind of you know kind of put ourselves out there and say that we don't know what this Mazatlan team is bringing to the table because we do we faced them before just because they changed their name to Mazatlan from Morelia doesn't mean that they have a, a you know the same core that that team had so I mean you're looking at that and, and you're kind of going back and you're seeing well you know do do they have a valid threat and I think they do AJ you know whilst the the results may not show it I think they have potential to give us a bit of a a fight tomorrow you're right on that one, actually, because I come to think of it, like, when they became Masatan from Morelia, I remember the, in the Ligia, they, um, that was a se- that was, like, a season ago before, so it's just, like, they gave us a really good fight, so, like, this team, like, for the most part, I think they do, ha- like, at least, I think, half of their squad or so has the same players that did face against us in that final, and we, they do have, like, some, um, a Dili um, striker and Fernando Aristigueta, which he did happen to score a goal against us. I cannot remember if it was ruled off for offside or not, but either way, he's just a real, he's a dangerous presence up front for that Mazatlan side. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they did happen to side, I think it's Cam- uh, Camilo Sanveso, who was a former player of Querétaro, and he was known for his goal-scoring presence. Yeah, he's injury-prone, but when healthy, and him and Aristigueta up front are a really dangerous dude, so they do happen to show up against um america during this match we probably could be into heading to some kind of trouble with them yeah so i mean i think you put it perfectly you know it's it's there there is a danger threat going forward now in at the back i think is where they're leaking a lot of stuff and i think this is where america needs to i mean needs to find out a, a way into it and i think this is, if christian was here i know for a fact if christian i know you're watching this so so let me know if i'm right or wrong but if Christian was here, he would say this is the perfect match to play Sergio Diaz, like straight off the bat. And I think and then I, I would definitely agree with him if he was on here and would say that, because I think this is a side that's going to leave a lot of spaces in transition. This is a side that I think if you put a little bit of pressure on that defense, they're going to fold a little bit easier than other oppositions. So a player like Sergio Diaz, I think, would completely change the game for America coming into this one. But like mentioned, I don't think he's starting, unfortunately. But if he does come on in the second half, I think he would be a very, very interesting player for America to kind of change the game up. Um, I don't know what you think there, AJ. Sure, he only wants Sergio Diaz to start because he came from Real Madrid. That's the only reason why. <laughs> That's definitely reason to why. But like, nah, like Sergio Diaz has um, shown off some promise like into the games, especially when he does get the um, time for um uh, him to play like he actually has shown like he's done some crosses some nice passes it's like as you mentioned before Evan like if this was a time for um sorry to make it start if this would be the game up against um Masatan um FC they have been struggling but so have we a bit but I feel like this could be a game where it's like we could see some different faces that are actually getting their start just like um against Alex San Luis we got Ramon Juarez he only played um I think twice or three times in the uh, America side which I um, refer him as the next Paolo Maldini. Shout out to my boy Ramon Juarez. <laughs> the um, next Paolo Maldini. Uh, okay, I said that. Setting the bar you, high there, Paolo man. Paolo Maldini right there. You didn't see that block <laughs> against um, Atletico San Luis. I was like, that's the reason why we're in this game. It's him. All him. No, I, I but, he, he does have a bright future. Um, 
and then I I do like him, but Paolo Maldini, man, now that's, that's that's huge. I mean, I mean, you you could have said another player, like you know, but uh, he could have been like the next Topo Valenzuela. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Oh God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Paolo. No, he's already surpassed that level, but um, but yeah, no, like just see, um having new players um debut um against different teams um. For America, I just feel this would be like a game where we could see something like that. So, like, if Sergius happens to get a start, if it seems unlikely, then by no, uh, by all means, I'll be happy to see him and see what he can um do against this team. Yeah, no, a, a player like like Sergio coming into this, I, I, you know, that explosiveness. I I think America really needs it because I'm looking at this starting eleven that's potentially going to start tomorrow, and I, I don't see that. I really don't. And I'm going to read it off because you know, it's it's practically much confirmed. Piojo is going to go with the same starting 11. Like we mentioned, right? If it ain't broke, why fix it? And I think Piojo's kind of saw the promising sign. So I think he's not going to try to move too many pieces. So uh, it's going to be Ochoa in net. We're going to go with that back five again. It's our, our wing backs are going to be George Sanchez on the right. And then Escobosa on the left. In that center back partnership of that trio is going to be uh, Ramon Juarez on uh, on the left-hand side. Uh, Aguilera in the center. And then we're going to have um, Cáceres on the right, uh, all, but you know they interchange whenever uh, uh, they need to. And then, of course, in the midfield, we have uh, two center mids. We have also Gonzalez and Richard Sanchez, and then we have a Cam center attacking mid in Sebastian Cordoba. And then up top, Henry and Vinas. Which, by the way, Vinas said that he feels very comfortable and he does like playing alongside Vinas. He says he gets the best out of it. When he does end up having wow. that wow, striker, Vinas playing Vinas with Vinas, yo, he's two players in one. Let's go. Vinas with Henry. Did I not say Vinas with Henry? No. <laughs> I, well, you know what I meant. Vinas with Henry seems to be exactly what Vinas wants to 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 happen, and will end up happening against Masatlan. Now, Dylan, first of all, you think I have hot takes? We just heard AJ's. With the whole Paolo Maldini. Uh, second of all, you're looking at the starting eleven, and do you think that it, it there's right the right players for this game in which you could ex- potentially walk away with a three four goal margin if you have the right explosive players on the pitch? Do you think America has that creativity uh, going forward in this starting eleven? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you know, I was, I'm going to hit off this point right here with the. The comment I'm popping up from Chicken Little, two out of Henry's three goals has come from assists from Escobosa. But, um, you know, that's kind of one thing I was going to kind of mention out too. I think, you know, Escobosa and Sanchez are kind of maybe be a little bit of a key factor here in this game. I mean, I, I like the way they both played um, in this last game. Um, uh, I want to see more from them too. Obviously, Escobosa getting that assist uh, to Henry Martin uh, with the beautiful header to find the back of the net. But you know, I, I want to see more from from both of these players going forward as they push up the field because obviously you're not necessarily having no wingers here. Um, you're kind of relying on, on both of them, you know, to put some crosses into the box. But uh, I feel like if if you can get them going and they can get the crosses down, I mean, I, I mean, I don't see why Venus and Henry can't, you know, just be right there in the box, you know, uh, with a threat, you know, up in the air. Yeah, no, and if Christian was here, I'd definitely be roasting him because he, he, I'm not gonna say he hates Escobosa, he very much dislikes Escobosa and thought he would definitely be kind of a waste of a space there because he was just gonna be crossing the ball with no kind of real direction. But Christian Escobosa definitely showed up 
and he kind of sat you down for a little bit. So hopefully he can continue to do so because, like you mentioned, though, I think he's going to be a very, very important player, especially trying to find uh, Henry Vinas, who we know can do very well uh, in the air. And, you know, if you can find him, I think it's a very, very deadly threat for America going forward. So, I mean, you know, there's there's arguments here to be made that America can walk away with a very good scoreline margin. It's just I'm going back to the same thing that I reiterated a little bit earlier is that sometimes in transition going forward, some, I feel like there's a big gap on the sides where our wingers sometimes should be but aren't because they're still in defense position. I, I do think that's going to change once because, you know, Escobosa may be a little bit more accustomed to the five at the back rather than George. So I think once Sanchez kind of sees, okay, kind of understanding more of his role as, as a full, uh, as a wingback, then we'll see the kind of those spaces kind of not be so kind of present when America is going forward. But we'll have to wait and see. I, I think also is going to have an important game in this one because he does kind of give the liberty of Sanchez going forward at times saying, okay, go, I, I I'll try to handle as much as I can, but I think at the same time, Richard should understand that, you know, can't leave too much to also on the defensive side. So he needs to track back as well. So we'll have to wait and see. Of course, I'm looking at Cordoba again to have himself quite the game. Uh, no bad report for me in regards to the San Luis game. I think he had a good game. I uh, was asking for the ball a lot. Again, had a lot of a chip on his shoulder after those poor performances against kind of Monterrey and Querétaro. Some will argue that he may be the best player in those two games. I'd say he didn't do enough for me. But alas, I think Cordoba, again, is going to have to play a very, very vital role in this game against Mazatlan. And hopefully he can walk away with a, a goal and assist. I think that'd be perfect for him. I don't know what you or what you boys think. Dylan, you're, you're smiling over there. I'll settle it at that. Um, I guess I got one player. I would love to see Almalonso Escobosa also do have a, another great game as well because I do remember him during uh, Querétaro. He was a, he was a vital player in Bucetich's side that did make their run towards the Guia where he was playing that left back position. He's originally a left winger and a left midfielder, but he's capable of playing the left back side. And he does provide really good um, pace dribbling and with nice crosses. I also remember him during his time at when Maradona was coaching Doraz de Sinaloa. He was also a good player on the Sinaloa side. So just to see like um, those um, kinds of um, plays from him during those times at Queretaro and um, Doraz de Sinaloa, I would love to see him like replicate that performance and not do even better in America. And to see him getting the start finally playing at a position where he has played a lot of last season, um, last season with Querétaro, I feel like this would be the um, perfect time for him to actually just like prove that I'm capable of playing as you, I could be your starting left back if you want, because you saw we didn't have Luis Reyes playing in that, um, I think it was San Luis match while well, starting to say, so I felt like Escobosa was doing like a good job. And I felt like as a, um, him playing as a left back, he was going up and providing as a cr- um, crosses for um, uh, Federico Vinas and Henry Martin, as if he was like playing as a winger. So, interesting note. That interesting note. Well, all right, and gentlemen, we've kind of given people a little bit of an insight. Now it's time to give our predictions. So I threw it to you first, Dylan, for the ladies. So AJ, I'm throwing it to you first for the men's here. Give me your prediction as to what America is going to walk away with tomorrow. I'll be, I'm going to go back to my um, usual ways of 3-0. I got them going with the 3-0 win. That doesn't seem as unorthodox as some of those other results that you were giving. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it go. Um, Dylan, give me your prediction. 
Uh, I want to go with a, a 2-1 win. I think we kind of see that that fight in Mazatlan. I think uh, we let one slide past us, but I think we come out with the dub. Okay, interesting. Again, I, I don't want to have those kind of nervy games. I, I really want to see an America side that comes out. and. Oh, no, dude, this is going to be a nervy least, game. I'm not saying there has to be the most perfect game. Can there ever be a game for America where you could just sit down for a full 90, not have to stress out about anything, just watch the game in peace? But it seems like that's no. ne- it's never possible. It was, it, was always- a it was a Santos game whenever we had that. But yeah, you had that for a good chunk of time, and then you're like, oh, great, Santos is going to freaking come back somehow. But it didn't. Because you just didn't see America's determination in the second half. But I, I agree, Dylan. I, I can see that scoreline. So, but I, again, I just want to see a, a better game from America, and I think a shutout would be huge. So I'm going with a two 0 victory. Two 0 victory against Mazatlan. I think it's good. Gets your defense a little bit more pumped. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Chicken Little now is going with a four two victory against Mazatlan. But earlier, Dylan, if you can pull it up, he said when we were when we were talking about um. The whole Real Madrid thing with the Mazatlan and stuff. So, uh, shout out to you, Chicken Little. Thanks so much for your support, man. You're always on here. So, uh, thank you again. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting stuff. So, that pretty much wraps it up for us. You guys can catch that game again tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. If for whatever reason you're unable to watch that game, head over onto our Twitter. At Eagle Eye Podcast, and we're going to keep you guys up to date with all things happening in that matchup. All right, gentlemen, anything else before we wrap it all up and call it a night? I got one more thing. Um, talk about with um, Lady Aguilas. Um, Cassandra Cuevas, during that game against Cholos Femini, she made her 100th appearance overall in the Liga MX Femini. She has played three games in the Copa MX Femini with America. She's played 79 games with America, and she's played 18 games with Cholos when she was on loan. So it's just really interesting to see her to play 100 games in the Liga MX Femini, wishing her nothing but the um, but the best for her upcoming games and to her um, continuously keep scoring goals for us because she is the third all-time leading goal scorer in America Femini's history. Interesting. Quite the milestone for her. Quite the milestone. Dylan, anything else before we wrap it up? No, we're good. All righty then. Well, before we wrap it up, I do want to give a huge shout out, a huge shout out and congratulations to two very good friends of ours here on the podcast and two very good personal friends of ours outside of all of this. They're not just colleagues. We consider them to be really, really good friends. So huge shout out to Miss Gary Torres and Tom Harrison. Congratulations on the engagement uh if you guys are watching this congratulations you know we love you guys you guys are amazing we, we, we love to see that you guys' love and determination has brought you guys this far and we wish you guys the best of luck on your guys' new endeavors and new chapter so from all of us here at the eagle eye podcast congratulations Gary. congratulations tom and uh we hope for the best in this new chapter all right gentlemen let's call it a night we'll, we'll see you guys again on thursday be here for Thursday as we're going to be recapping the game against Mazatlan. We'll give you guys a preview of what's going on against America Puebla for next week. And then we're going to be recapping all things Lady Aguilas. We're going to give you guys a recap of the Necaxa game and the following match for America Feminine. All right, gentlemen, without further ado, thank you so much for coming out. Christian, unfortunately, was still on hold with IT. Looks like they're still not picking up the line. Dylan, maybe you want to, you know, give them a call and say, pick up, please. We definitely were down one co-host because of it. Uh, all righty then. Without further ado, you guys, take care. Thank you so much for you guys for coming out here tonight. 
And to everyone listening and to everyone watching, thank you so much. Follow us over on Instagram and Twitter at Eagle Podcast. And again, take care, wear your mask, be safe. And as always, Arriba America. Good night, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.